from the Library of Congress in Washington, D.C. Good morning. My name is Michelle Christensen. I am an analyst at the Congressional Research Service, which is in the Library of Congress. Uh, this is my son, Zachary. <laughs> Say hi. On behalf of the Library of Congress, welcome to the 2012 National Book Festival. We hope you're having a wonderful day celebrating the joy of reading here on the National Mall. So the um, presentation today that I'm introducing is Peter Brown, the illustrator of the wonderful children's book, Creepy Carrots. Peter is a native of New Jersey and is the winner of the E.B. White Award and the author and illustrator of several delightful children's books that both of us enjoy very much. So please join me in welcoming Peter Brown. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yes, I am Peter Brown. I'm one of many Peter Browns in the world, but I'm the only one on the stage right now. Uh, I write books, and I illustrate books too, which is pretty cool. And I have a feeling I'm not the only person in this tent who likes to draw pictures. Raise your hand if you like to draw pictures, please. Just a show of hands, very good, a lot of hands in the air. Does anybody here like to write stories? Right, raise your hand if you like to write stories. That's what I like to see. So it's a tent half filled with authors and artists like myself. And some of you who raised your hands were young people. I was a young person once, if you can believe it. And I loved drawing then, I love drawing now. I never stopped drawing. It's an amazing thing. Everybody stops drawing at a certain point, but you don't have to if you don't want to. So I would encourage you to just keep drawing for the rest of your life and writing stories too, for that matter. Anyway, I wrote my first book when I was six years old. It was called The Adventure of Me and My Dog, Buffy, based on a true story. And I've been writing stories ever since. Sometimes I illustrate other people's stories though. And that's what happened with this book right here. So I was sitting in my studio one day, um, we'll say drawing pictures, and I got a package in the mail. And I opened it up and there was this this uh, manuscript in it, the story, and it was called Creepy Carrots, with a little note attached to it. And it said, Dear Peter, I wrote the story, and I thought you'd be a great illustrator. What do you say we turn it into a picture book? And I read the story, and it made me laugh, it made me cry, it made me want to read it all over again. And I said to myself, yes, I would love to illustrate this story. And now that book is out in the world. It's pretty cool to see that entire process. So um, the book was written by Aaron Reynolds, my job was to make pretty pictures to go with it. Now, when I was reading that story, it reminded me of one of my favorite old television shows, which is called The Twilight Zone. I'm sure some of the older people in the audience will be familiar with it. And in kids, you're not going to believe this, but there was a time when television had no color. I know, crazy. But it actually, those black and white TV shows, the movies had a, had a nice uh, sort of beauty to them. And when I was reading the story and thinking of The Twilight Zone, I thought it would be cool to make a book that is mostly black and white, like The Twilight Zone. And so that's what I did. I try to make these sort of cinematic illustrations that remind us of an old TV show or an old movie, with of course one color being orange. It's called Creepy Carrots after all, so I needed to have some orange on there. And so since we're all sitting here and I'm holding this book in my hand, I thought maybe I'd read this story to you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Real quickly, as the illustrator, I take a great deal of pride in the illustrations in this book, which many of you will not be able to see from far away. So I would just encourage you to, at a certain point, wander over to the Barnes & Noble tent and buy my book. 
or at least check it out. Look at it up close because um, it took me, um, you know, eight to ten months of hard work to make the artwork that goes into this book, and that's a lot of work, you know. And I'm pretty proud of it, so I'd like to know that some of you went and checked it out up close. No pressure, but just throwing that out there. So, this is the title page of Creepy Carrots, which once again reminds us of the opening credits of an old movie. You can imagine the creepy music playing. And let's begin. Jasper Rabbit had a passion for carrots, and the carrots that grew in Krakenhopper Field were the best. Fat, crisp, and free for the taking. And there we see Jasper chowing down on some delicious carrots. He pulled some for a morning snack on the way to school. He yanked out a few on his way to Little League practice. He ripped them from the ground on his way home at night. Jasper couldn't get enough carrots. Until they started following him. Dun, dun, dun. There's Jasper minding his own business, walking along. And there's little does he know that these three carrots are creeping up behind him. He first noticed something strange after the big game against the East Valley Hares. Jasper was about to help himself to, to a victory snack when he heard it. The sinister, soft, tunk, tunk, tunk of carrots creeping. And there he is, pulling out some carrots, and he hears some commotion behind him. And there's those carrots creeping up behind him. And he's like, what's going on back there? He turned, but there was nothing there. Just my imagination, he thought to himself, but he hopped a little faster. That night, as he was brushing his teeth, there they were. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> There's nothing scarier than brushing your teeth at night only to see carrots in the shower behind you. <laughs> Jasper whipped around, but nothing. Look, it's just a washcloth and a bottle of shampoo and a rubber ducky. I mean, come on, man, pull it together, Jasper. Who's afraid of a rubber ducky? Jasper whipped around laughed at himself, picked his toothbrush off the floor, and went to bed quickly. The next morning, he approached Krakenhopper Field slowly, and we could see him slowly working his way up towards those carrots, just in case they do something creepy. He reached for two wild carrots. Nothing happened. He bit into one. Nothing happened. <laughs> creepy carrots? It was ridiculous. But... When he arrived home that evening, Mom, Mom, creepy carrots in the shed. His mom opened the door slowly. There weren't any carrots, not even the regular kind. There are no such things as creepy carrots, his mother said, shaking her head. Later that night, as Jasper lay in bed, he heard it, breathing, terrible carroty breathing. And there, on his wall, a horrible carroty shadow. Creepy carrots, he shouted, Dad, Dad. His dad thumped into the bedroom and threw on the light. They searched under the bed. No creepy carrots. They looked through the closet. No creepy carrots. They opened the dresser drawers. No creepy carrots. Just a bad dream, son, his father said. Now go to sleep. But that was not going to happen. And we can see there is a drawing of Jasper Rabbit not looking like he'll be sleeping anytime soon. He is worried about the carrot situation. By the end of the week, Jasper was seeing creepy carrots creeping everywhere. Or was he? 
Were those carrots in that window? Or just some orange curtains? He could have sworn he saw carrots crawling out of that sewer grate, unless it was just some garbage. He definitely saw carrots in the cemetery. Jasper knew his parents were wrong. Creepy carrots were real, and they were coming for him. But they couldn't get him if they couldn't get out. Hmm, Jasper hatched a plan. First thing Saturday, he grabbed supplies and headed to Krakenhopper Field. And we can see what he's doing. He's lugging out a, a, a cart with all sorts of materials on it. He's marking off the carrot patch. He's sawing a big pile of wood there. He's got, apparently he's got a license to use heavy machinery. <laughs> there he is with some sort of bulldozer type of thing. He's got hoses and water, and he's hammering away at something huge. What is Jasper building? Hmm. Well, let's see. There it is, a gigantic fence that he has built around the carrot patch, complete with a moat filled with water and crocodiles. Those carrots aren't going anywhere. As the sun finally set across Krakenhopper Field, Jasper Rabbit smiled. On his way home, there was no tunk, tunk, tunk. There were no carrot-shaped shadows. His plan had worked. No creepy carrots would ever get out of that carrot patch again. But we're not done yet, folks. Here we see, up close, those creepy carrots peeking through the cracks in the fence. And as the sun finally set, the carrots of Krakenhopper Field cheered. Their creepy plan had worked. They were sure of it. Jasper Rabbit would never get into that carrot patch ever again. So you see, maybe those carrots weren't creepy after all. They just wanted to be left alone. And little did Jasper know that their plan all along had been to get him to build a giant fence around their carrot patch. And that's exactly what he did. The end. Thank you. So um, let's see here. I'm, a, I'm an illustrator. I was thinking I'd show you guys how I draw creepy carrots. Uh, and I guess some of you will might have a little trouble seeing here. I apologize. I'm not sure if I can. I'll jeopardize my own safety if I pull it too close to the edge of the, sh of the uh, stage here. So if you can see it, you're one of the lucky ones. <laughs> OK, so creepy carrots. I've been drawing a lot of creepy carrots, let me tell you, the last year of my life. And I learned a couple of tricks. And for you kids out there who like to draw, I'm just going to say that if you can draw a straight line, and if you can draw a circly line, and if you can draw a squiggly line, then you can draw a creepy carrot. You just have to know where to put which line, right? So I'm going to draw some of those lines, and I'm going to put them in the right place. And with any luck, it's going to look like a creepy carrot. All right, so I'm going to start off by drawing the top of this creepy carrot's head, like so. One line like that. Not so, not so hard, right? You can all do that. That's going to be the top of the carrot's head. Now I'm going to draw the sides of the carrot. One kind of curvy line, like so. And another one like so, all right. Looks kind of like a shield or a badge or something. I'm going to draw the big leafy shape on top of his head. This is the fun line. This is the squiggly line. All right. And then I'm going to connect the leafy shape to his head with some little straight lines like that. I'm going to draw his eyes. These are fun. Just two circles right next to each other. Okay, two circles. I'm going to draw the dark parts of his eyes. 
like so. All right, he's got a little personality there. But this looks kind of, he looks pretty goofy. And the book is not called Goofy Carrots. It's called Creepy Carrots. So we need to make this carrot creepy fast. And there is one simple way to do it with some creepy eyebrows. Watch as I draw two simple straight lines and everything will change. Oh, whoa, nice. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go a little further and make them a little darker actually. Yes, now we're getting somewhere, okay. Now I'm gonna draw his mouth. One straight line like so and then a curvy line. Now, this carrot hasn't been to the dentist in a while. So he's only got two teeth. There's one. And there's two. We're getting there. Now, when you look at a real carrot, they've got these little lines across them. So I'm going to draw some little, little carrot texture here and there. All right. Now, these carrots are, I'm not exactly sure how they move around, but it involves hopping in some way. So I'm going to draw him off the ground. I'm going to draw his shadow with a squiggly line here. But he's not actually touching his own shadow, so it looks like he's up in the air. And then I'll draw some little grassy shapes. Okay. And then I sign it in a way that nobody can understand. And that's how you draw a creepy carrot. It's that easy. Thank you. So let's see here. I'm going to do one more drawing. that'll work, yeah, something like that. So I'm gonna draw Jasper now. Jasper's a little trickier. So we've gotten the simple lesson out of the way. Now it's time to step it up a notch. But I'm still gonna use simple lines and simple shapes. I'll start by drawing Jasper's head, which is very round. So I'll draw kind of a circle-y shape. All right, more oval, I guess. I'm gonna draw his ears. So a couple of straight lines and then a curvy line. There's one ear, same thing over here. And then he's got these little like lines inside of his ears. Okay, he's got some hair on his head, so I just make this like squiggly shape. And he's got circly eyes. Okay, but he's not cross-eyed and he doesn't have creepy eyebrows. His nose is kind of like the letter V like so. And then he's got to have some rabbit teeth, of course. Okay. Give him some whiskers. Actually, there's his whiskers. All right. Now I'm going to draw his body. His collar is easy enough. And a couple of straight lines for his arms that and then his paws are just curvy lines. This is not a very good drawing of Jasper Rabbit. I'll just put that out there, sorry. But I, I swear I am the guy who did the artwork for this book, I assure you. Okay, he's got his like pants rolled up a little bit and he's got big rabbit feet. And then I'll draw his shadow under there. Okay, and then he's usually outside too. So some more grass. And there's a really bad drawing of Jasper Rabbit. I'm 
right. Fist pump. Nailed it. It's always fun when you screw up a drawing in front of like 150 people. Um, whatever. You believe me, I'm sure. So um, let's see. What else do I got? Does anybody have any questions for me about writing or drawing by any chance? Or creepy carrots? Or, yeah? The question was, the question was, do I draw my artwork for this book in the computer or in, with actual pencil on paper? It's a little bit tricky. I'll try to make it really quick and simple. I do pencil drawings on paper, and then I scan those into Photoshop, and I add the orange color in Photoshop. And I do a couple other little things here. But it all, there's all these drawings exist on actual pieces of paper. I might draw Jasper Rabbit separately, and then draw the carrots, and then draw the hill or something, and then and then put it all together in Photoshop, but I, it all starts with pencil on paper, because I, even though I like using my computer, I want it to feel handmade as much as possible, and I want to use my hands as much as possible, too, so I kind of struck a nice balance between traditional and digital media. So, anybody else, yeah? How much, the question was how, oh yeah, there's microphones up there and here for anybody who wants to ask. Okay, sorry, I'll start looking at the microphones. I get what's happening here. Um, the question was, how long does it take me to make the book? This one, I didn't write the story, so it took me maybe eight months or so to do the artwork for it. Uh, eight months of pretty solid, focused work. Um, when I'm writing and illustrating, of course, it takes longer. I made a book called The Curious Garden, which took me about a year and a half to make, so that was, that was, a, that was a big one. Thank you. <laughs> You've heard of it. Nice. All right, so I'm looking, yes, right here. Uh, how old were you when you started drawing? How old was I when I started drawing? I don't ever remember not drawing. So as old, how old are you when you first pick up a crayon? Two, three, something like that. I've been drawing for about that long, yeah. So my whole life. Yes? Um, like, do you usually draw or write mo more books? Well, most of my books, I both write and illustrate them. But every once in a while, I'll illustrate somebody else's story. So this is the second book that I've illustrated for somebody else. I did another one called The Purple Kangaroo, which was written by another author also. And now this one, and then I'll be doing some more of that as well. But, um, but so I kind of mix it up. Yeah. So do you know who um, is the author of that book? Yes, sure, of course. I mean, you, you know, we're not like, he lives in Chicago and I live in New York, so we don't hang out very often. But I do know the guy, yes. Yeah. All right, is there anybody over here? Hello. Is it easier to write or draw? That's tough. I don't know. I've been drawing my entire life, so at this point I can draw pretty comfortably. I kind of, I know what I'm capable of doing. Writing, I started a little later in life, so I would say maybe writing is a little harder because I, ha I don't have quite as much experience with it. Um, and because of that, it's more of a challenge, and I always like a challenge, so I actually am sort of considering myself, I used to call myself an illustrator who writes. And now I call myself an author and illustrator because I feel like I'm sort of equal parts author and illustrator right now. There you go. Good question. Over here. Do you do you illustrate any books besides that? Any more books besides that book? I have illustrated. This is my eighth picture book that I've illustrated. So yes, if you like my work, there is a whole a whole catalog for you to explore. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah, and I would encourage you to do that. It's, I like my books. I mean, you know, they're not the best books in the world, but I have a good time with them. I hope you like them too. Uh, 
I would encourage you to see, you know, The Curious Garden is probably a good place to start. I made a book called Children Make Terrible Pets, which is a lot of fun. So, you know, yeah, so you've read that book. So that's me too. I did that one too. The funny thing is a lot of my books look different from each other. So you might walk into a bookstore or a library and see my book and not know that it was me who did it because it looks so much different from all my other books. Anyway, um, yeah? What inspired you to draw? I don't know. I just always love to draw. Is there, I bet there's something that you love to do, and you don't really know why you love to do it. You just love to do it. And for me, it was drawing and writing and telling stories. So um, I guess I have a very big imagination, and I wanted to like get it out of my imagination and onto paper and share it with the world. Over here, yeah? Is it really hard for you to <laughs> read and write? Is it hard for me to read and write? Well, there was a time when it was really hard to read and write, and it's gotten a lot easier over the years. I read all the time these days. I wake up every morning and I read for an hour. That's true, actually, because I find it gets my imagination going. When I read interesting books written by other people, it helps me develop my own ideas and my own imagination. So, and that, so I read all the time now, and I write all the time, too. Anybody else here? Over What's there? your favorite book? That I've made or that's in the world? That you made. That's a tough question. That's already, that's, I get asked that sometimes, and I always say, that's like asking a mother which of her children is her favorite, you know? Uh. I love them all for different reasons, and uh, I'll never forget the first time I walked into a bookstore and saw my book on the shelf and people flipping through it and buying it. That was pretty awesome. My first book is called Flight of the Dodo. So of course that book has a special place in my heart. And then all of my other books have been special for one reason or another. So I can't really pick one favorite, sorry. Thank yeah? you. Hi. Um, <clears throat> all of us that work with children in books, teachers, librarians, uh, have been um, kind of bombarded in the past 10 years with manga and graphic novels. And what I've noticed as a librarian of pre-kindergarten through third grade is that lots of the picture books are taking on elements mm -hmm. of graphic novels. And I was noticing with Creepy Carrots that you have panels yeah. on some of your pages. You've divided. I don't know if it's you or the author or the publisher or how you divide the text and the pictures and how you make those layout decisions. Yeah. But I'm just wondering in a general way, because that's a long conversation, but how graphic fiction and nonfiction has influenced you as a picture book maker. Wow, well, you can't escape comics and comic books and movies based on comic books and graphic novels these days. I mean, every big blockbuster film that comes out is based on a superhero or something, you know? So it's just in the, in the, it's in the air, it's in the culture, and you can't help but be influenced by that a little bit. Um, and in Creepy Carrots in, in particular, you know, my, ins my original inspiration was film and TV, you know, those Twilight Zone and, and The Day the Earth Stood Still and all these old classic sci-fi and kind of spooky movies. And so I felt it was a very natural thing to kind of break down the page into, you know, so it feels almost like a cell of film, you know, or I rounded off the corners on the artwork like you, as if you were w watching an old television set where all the corners were rounded off, you know. Um, and I think, you know, when you're making a film, you do these things called storyboards which is basically looks like a comic book where you figure out what's gonna happen in the sequence of it in a book. And so there's a lot of overlap between film and comics and manga and graphic novels. And so for this book in particular, it was a very easy fit to kind of, 
think of it in that way and think of panels and think of cell frames and all that kind of stuff. Um, and, and just in general, it's in the air, you know, I, you see it influencing everything. And, and it's just a nice, it's, a, it's, it's a w another way to tell a story and another way to break up a page and, and compose an image. So, you know, sometimes it works great, sometimes it's, it doesn't. But, yeah, I use it sometimes, for sure. So, let's see. Hello? Um, uh, what materials did you use to illustrate? What materials did I use to illustrate? So, for Creepy Carrots... It was pencil on paper, regular gray graphite pencil on regular white paper. And then I would scan that into my computer and put it all the drawings together, kind of like collaging them together. Yeah. And then I would add the orange. So really it was pencil, paper, and a computer. And that's about it. Sometimes I'll use other things. Some of my other books, I, do, I use a similar technique, but I would cut out paper and, and it felt a little more like a real collage. Um, but yeah. Okay. Yeah, thanks. Hello, over here. Can I get your autograph? Oh, all right. See me afterwards. Yeah, I'll be around. Yeah? When did you realize you first wanted to be an illustrator? Mm. Well, I was lucky. I grew up with a mother who was very supportive of my artistic interests. And so I was drawing when I was a kid. And my mom loved that I was drawing, and she would help me make picture books, and she would help me do all sorts of art projects. And so I guess I just always considered myself an artist without even, you know, thinking about it. And it just was a natural. I never, it was, I didn't wake up one morning and realize I wanted to be an illustrator. I, I just, no, there was really no other option. Like, that was what I was, whether I wanted to be it or not, you know. Like, so it was a funny thing. A lot of people have different experiences, and and they wake up one morning and they realize they want to be an illustrator. But for me, I was always an illustrator from the day I was born, basically. So it was an easy decision. There was no decision. Yes? Why did you start writing your books? I don't know. I had stories to tell. I like telling stories. I just felt like telling stories. And, and, and I realized that I could do it. And I realized I could actually do it as a job. That was the amazing thing. When I realized I could actually get paid to do this, I was like, what? That's awesome. All right, well, that's, there you go. So that, I'm going to be an illustrator. Um, yeah, I don't know. Does that answer your question? I hope so. <laughs> Let's take maybe one or two more questions, and, uh, and then you can stop. You don't have to stare at me much longer. Okay, yes? Have you made more books? Have I made more books? Oh, yeah. Oh, you're going to be sick of me at some point. There's a lot of books in the pipeline. I've got a book coming out next fall that I'm excited about called Mr. Tiger Goes Wild, which you'll want to check out, trust me. Um, and then I've got books coming out after that. So yeah, I'll basically be making about a book a year for the rest of my life, probably, Yeah, if I'm lucky. How do you get your jobs as an illustrator, and what advice would you give to students who are currently art students now who want to break into the industry of being an illustrator? Well, I'm lucky. I'm at a point in my career where I don't really have to work at it anymore, you know, like the jobs come to me, uh, which is very fortunate to have be, to be able to say that. Because what happens is I have really good relationships with a couple, couple of publishers and we're just always in conversation and, you know, I'll have an idea and I'll say, oh, here's this idea I had and my friend at the publisher will be like, oh, that's great, we'll turn that into a book. And I'm like, okay, that sounds cool, this is going to work. So for me it's easier now, but in the beginning it was all about who you know, like everything else in the world, you know. Living in New York helps a lot because that's where most of the publishers are. 
So I met my first editor at a party randomly, and I was like, oh my gosh, you edit children's books? <laughs> what do you think of this one? You know, here's my idea. And she loved it, and she's been my editor ever since. So that was, that was a lucky break, but, um, but I was prepared, you know. And so I think the focus for, for upcoming artists is to really work on your portfolio, make sure you've got the goods to back it up, because you don't want to have that opportunity when you bump into an editor at a party and not have anything to show them. So first things first, make sure you've got some solid artwork or stories or whatever, and then you can start figuring out how to network. There's an organization called the Society of Children's Book Writers and Illustrators, which is what everybody should join if they're interested in becoming an author or an illustrator of kids' books. So that's where I tell people to go. Um, yeah, that's the best advice you're gonna get is scbwi.org. They've got conferences and editors and agents come from all over and you can meet with them one-on-one -on -one and there's chapters all over the country, all over the world actually, so. Yeah, there you go. All right. Yes, okay, we'll do a couple more. If you went to college, which college did you go to? I did go to college, and the college I went to is called Art Center College of Design, which is in Pasadena, California, which is like a very fancy art school. And I studied illustration and children's book illustration. There you go. All right. How are we doing on time, by the way? We're good? Okay. All right, yes. Do you draw just for fun, or do you just illustrate books? That's a good question. Every New Year's Eve, I make a resolution that I'm gonna make art for fun, and I never keep my resolution. I basically just make art for books. The good news is I love my job, so it's still fun. But I'm always like, oh, I should do some fine art paintings and have a gallery show or something, and yeah, that's a good idea, but it never happens. Because I work so hard on my books and I want my books to be the best they can possibly be that I sort of invest all of my creative energy in those books and I don't have any left over for anything else. So anyway, uh, yeah, but it's a good idea. I'll probably make that same resolution this year and maybe someday it'll actually come true. So yeah. Hi, um, how necessary do you feel it is for an aspiring author or illustrator to develop a personal distinct style in order to become successful in the field? Do you think that's like necessary to have a very distinct wow. style to your illustrations? Yeah, that's a good question. I could talk for, I actually talked for about a whole hour on that very subject two nights ago. Um, yes, I think the answer is yes. Uh, there's a lot of different children's illustrations. Some people do illustration for sort of mass market books that you find at you know, on the checkout line of a Target or something, you know, or, um, you know, and, or greeting cards, or there's all different kinds of needs for children's illustration. But I think if you're gonna try to be a successful children's book illustrator, you need to have a unique style that is recognizable so that when people walk into a store, they see your book, they love your other books and they know this is your, your work, so they pick it up and, you know, that, that only helps and, yeah. Just for a quick clarification, so if you wanted to be an author illustrator, you think that your illustrations should remain consistent, visually consistent throughout well, your works? Uh, not necessarily. My books, if you look at my whole, all of my different books, there's quite a big evolution yeah. over the course of them. So you have freedom to change, but, um, but I might pay, you know, there's a lot to be said for having a really consistent style. Okay. And I might be losing some book sales as a result of it, but I have to, you know, I've got to illustrate the way that I feel like illustrating. and. So be it if I don't, you know, if I lose a few of my fans, like if some people don't realize that this is a Peter Brown book, well, I'll survive, you know. But I need to, I need to illustrate what's, what I'm feeling at the moment, so. Thank you. Yeah, sure, all right. All right, so real quick, I'm gonna be signing books at tent number 11 at 12 o'clock noon. 
and I hope to see some of you there. I'm, I'm going to take off in just a second here, but if you're interested in Creepy Carrots and you'd like to get a signed copy, I'll be there for an hour from 12 until 1 p.m. So I'll see you there, and uh, I'll answer any other questions off the stage. Thanks very much. Good night. Good day. This has been a presentation of the Library of Congress. Visit us at loc.gov.